0: Welcome to the REL Talk Show, where we get up close with some of the greatest business minds in APAC, as they answer 10 questions about marketing, business, leadership, and management. Discover how current trends combine with timeless marketing principles for undisputed business success and become a marketing leader to go beyond your farthest ambitions. So get ready for some real talk with leaders in 10 questions with your host, Vineet Rajan.
1: As a trained journalist and a marketing professional, Rohan has over two decades experience with consumer brands, sporting teams and events in both emerging and large businesses. A global marketeer, he has worked in India, Singapore and the US in different roles with brands as diverse as Twitter, Red Bull India, NDTV and even startups. In his current role as Director of Marketing and Communications at Omidyar Network India, An investment firm focused on social impact. Rohan works on marrying a consumer based marketing approach with the unique business needs of an investment firm to help carve a unique brand. Rohan also contributes to several publications and is also a visiting faculty at a leading Indian communication school. Welcome to the show, Rohan. Very good to have you. Super excited.
2: Thanks so much. Thanks, Vinit. It's a pleasure to be here.
1: Rohan, I've known you for many years. Our association goes back eight to nine years and I was part of a bullet club and you were with Red Bull at that point of time. I've had the unique opportunity of seeing you grow, excel and do great things in the space of marketing over the years. But I'd like to hear from you. Tell us about Rohan as a marketer.
2: So, you know, Vineet, and and, and firstly, I mean, it's it's been wonderful seeing your journey as well, both as an entrepreneur and as a a
1: marketing professional. And, uh,
2: you know, the term itself, like this marketing or marketeer or marketing professional, I I just feel like sometimes we like labels, right? And and for me, it's something that I've worked, (laughs) sometimes by design, sometimes by accident, but I've worked very hard to not take on labels in my life because it tends to restrict you and and whereas on the one hand i love what i do right and and for me my journey's i've been very fortunate but as somebody who works in the field of marketing at this point in time really what what gets me going is the opportunity to be able to connect with other people and understand as much as talk to them about their motivations about their aspirations and about what they really want to create because i I see marketing as almost this journey of co-creation right with with other people and there could be customers could be clients could be anything but for me that's really what gets me going and gets my juices
1: flowing you started off as a journalist yes and and from there you've had great jumps in between and there's one in particular wherein you moved to red bull very iconic brand Walk us through your professional journey.
2: Wow. How long have you
1: gone? <laughs> <laughs> no. really not, not so much
2: because of, of how much I've done, but just because, you know, it's been a while since I've been doing this. But the, the reasons I was drawn to journalism and the reasons I was drawn to what I do today are, are very similar um, in that it's the parallel that you have an opportunity to take ideas, thoughts, words pictures all of that and you put it together and you tell a story i know the word storytelling is very invoked today but for me the fascination really comes from the impact that those stories have on people and that's really been like when i was 18 19 i've done theater i write whether well or not is entirely up for debate but i also then dabbled in journalism early on as an 18 19 year old but from there on it's really this idea has has grown and and grown, saying that, hey, how can you actually take stories and connect with people and and really help in some way or the other change or influence their lives? As a sports journalist, again, it was about giving people, giving sports fans like myself a feel of what it is to feel that real excitement, what it is to relive those moments of of sporting excellence that we were witnessing for firsthand in a sense, or, or what it is like to go behind the scenes of a Formula One team. And then when you transition over to a brand like Red Bull, what changes is that now you're talking about one brand right? and you're talking about its extensive, in a sense, body of work and, 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 and its massive legacy and its brand promise, as, as, as we call it, you know, to the, to the public. But what doesn't change is, is the more important part is that you're still using the same tools. You're still using stories. You're still using images, and obviously, the, the repertoire of tools available to you will expand or contract depending on the field and the brand. But by and large, those things, the general skill set required to, to to implement those tools is inherent in journalism as well as in marketing. And then from Red Bull, it was it was an amazing journey, really a massive education because, as we say, Red Bull's not really a brand; it's a lifestyle. And if you ask me, like, what's a brand that really still takes your breath away? I, I have to put it right up there, right? And it's really this idea, and and what we did at Red Bull really was again this this whole idea of get people to understand your product, get people to try your product, get people to believe in your product, and get people to become brand ambassadors or or love the product. And that thing is something that I've learned is you can some is is you can take that across any brand, any sector, and still make it applicable. And that is the biggest education that I've gotten from a brand like that, right? And and I've tried then to take it to brands like Twitter, which is where I moved next, and then take it to my own startup where I was a, did a brand consultancy, where I was lucky enough to run a tennis team in, in the international tennis Premise League. I ran, I ran a startup for somebody in health and wellness for Ravi Krishnan in a company called Stepathlon. And now I'm, I'm with Omidia Network India where I handle marketing and communications. And I, that journey would have been very different had it not been for the kind of work that, uh, and the opportunities that I was afforded. But for me, that was a major tipping point. And the other tipping point, of course, and, and we can talk about it in as much detail as, as, as you'd like was also my foray into entrepreneurship, my failure as an entrepreneur and then learning from that and then, you know, almost becoming a for entrepreneur for someone else.
1: And while you mention about Twitter and your work at omidyar network india i noticed one thing you have never stayed in the same industry twice <laughs> so you started as a journalist moved into red bull then twitter then you got into brand consulting got into this uh, startup where you joined as a joint managing director stepathlon lifestyle yeah you even taught I believe you're still a visiting faculty at yeah. SIMC. How have you handled the learning curves in each organization, different industry? So
2: so look, I thought about this not self indulgently, but I thought about it in terms of learning and, and it comes down to two things. is me having played sport for most of my most of my life and also my initial training in journalism. And wh- why am I talking about these two things specifically? One is like, when you talk about sport, sport is about your team comes first. I mean, you could be playing a, a sport like tennis, but even their teams matter because who you have in your camp, what advice you're getting, what kind of training you're getting, what kind of nutrition you're, you're being provided. All of that all plays a role. So teams and sport are supremely important. Roger Federer would not be Roger Federer had it not been for the team that he had, starting with his wife, Mika. So, so there's that. There's, there's this whole understanding that you must have that you're only as good as your team. And just recognizing that even if you are the star, you are not the star without or all the support system that you have. So going into a new organization or a new industry, that's been one starting point always for me. And the other is adaptability. Like knowing that as a journalist, one of the things that you have to do at the end of the day is deliver a story. That's your deliverable, that's your KPI. And let's say you're out seeking a story and it's happened to me several times, both print as a print journalist, as a radio journalist, as a TV journalist. Like so many times it's happened where you will turn up for an interview and the guy is sick or the lady just doesn't turn up right? And then what do you do? Then like this person was the, your pivotal bite in a story. And then what do you do? You have to adapt. You have to work around the story. Do you work on another story? Do you create something different? Do you do you bend the story to the information that you have? All of that stuff. So for me, the journey between having played sport at the pro semi-pro level and then being a journalist, that really prepared me. And, and that sort of foundation has been critical in helping me go into any new organization. And the other thing is also just being humble enough to know that you're not going to know everything and it's okay and again the fourth thing uh is just having the self-belief that listen yes i missed this ball yes you've gotten beat the last three deliveries have, have beaten you because they moved away but that's okay they didn't get you out you still have an opportunity to hit the next ball for a, for a single or four or six or whatever just having that self-belief backing yourself saying that you can do this you've trained for this there's a reason why you're here if an organization like omedia network india or ndtv or wherever different parts of my career if they've chosen you they must have seen something so back yourself as well
1: you talk about sports with so much so much passion you've drawn a lot of parallels between how you've seen sports and your professional life i'm sure having been a sports person yourself you would have learned or things you might have actually imbibed in your management or leadership style as well
2: oh uh, definitely and i'll qualify this for those who are listening basically when the english premier league which i'm a huge, huge sort of consumer when it goes into season break At the end of every May and and reappears up until August. Like the joke is that my friends will always comment, Oh, Rohan's, you know, Rohan's in a lull right now because it's off season, right? It's Rohan's off season as well because like suddenly my energy, apparently, according to them, my energy will drop (laughs) itself. So that's how much I sort of take on from sport, right? But I think for me, the reasons is so important is because of the values it espouses in life. And you can talk about words like character building, et cetera, and scoff at it. But it's it's true in that when you play sport, and I, sometimes I wish I'd continued, but the sacrifices you need to make, no matter what level. So there'll be a lot of people who will make fun of, oh, you know, so-and-so cricketer played only one ODI for India. But what you don't realize is the amount of effort and sacrifice that that person and, and the people around his, his quote-unquote team have had to make up until she or he made it to that level. That's one parallel that nothing's going to come easy for you like you have to continue to work at it and the corollary to that is this learning curve that we speak of. they're constantly learning you're constantly unlearning and relearning for example having to change a bowling action when the last season you've taken your the most ever wickets but now you're realizing that your hip is not supporting it's going to go in another two years so you're out you change your bowling action even though you're so comfortable and so having to relearn how to deliver that right? like that th- there's a mental there's a mental impact to that Without a doubt. Things that I've taken up is the fact that ultimately not everybody will have your strengths and not everybody will have your weaknesses. And being able to surround yourself with people who are the best at what they do and possibly even better than you is real leadership. I mean, accepting the fact that you need people who can take your idea and do it better than you'll be able to execute it. That's important. Being able to then help the, the future leaders within your team emerge is important. And we see that all the time. Why do teams struggle when big figures like, let's say, an Alex Ferguson leaves and Manchester United struggles? Why? Because there's no succession. So being able to create this in, internal sense of empowerment, right, where people feel empowered, where they feel ownership. be able to deliver and then and the and the third thing for me what sport does is is constantly pushing the barrier on what excellence is nobody's perfect and let's start with that but being able to constantly take yourself along with your team and by the grit and hard work of your teammates to be able to then rise above what you might have been able to do because the sum of the parts has always got to be um, more than the team itself right I, that, there's always got to be that additional depth and for me being able to do that is really and and and, and the, i'll keep it as simple as that because ultimately it's it's not about dynamics it's not necessarily about politics it's about just putting a team of people together who philosophically gel and who understand that ultimately the team has to come above everything else and and that's something that I've learned from sport. And, and and for me, that becomes very, very valuable when you're building a team and putting things together. And again, I've been fortunate that I've worked with people. Like that. And I've, and not just that, right? Beneath, the other thing is important is that I've had the opportunity to learn it being a part of such teams. Because one is building teams yourself. The other is being being a part of, like being a team player to the people who included me in those things through my career. right? Whether it was NDTV, whether it was Red Bull, Those things are are, are super
1: critical. It was uh, very enlightening to listen to that, Rowan. Very practical. Very realistic. When you talk about leadership, the way you defined it, it's all about empowerment. And the final bit I also kind of picked up on was how you're able to create a culture within the team. And that's where leadership plays a key role. Because if you're able to create that culture where everyone is able to step up, take responsibility, ownership, and you're able to give that to the team. Adding one more thing is also about taking chances on
2: people. It's, it's about giving people enough space to fail, like letting them know it's a safe space to fail. Right, Try it. And if you pull it off, we're going to do something special. If you don't pull it off, that's fine. We'll, we'll go on. We'll dust ourselves up. And as Wayne's father says, "Do we fall so we can pick ourselves up again.
1: In your stint, where you're running uh, your brand consulting agency, Argonium Consulting, right? what what were the key takeaways for you? Especially, you know, having moved from the brand side of things to starting an agency.
2: Yeah, for me, the key takeaways was caring about people immensely, whether they're your own team, whether they are clients, whether they are the end customer or the end whatever the consumers just caring about people keeping them central to everything that you do becomes important i mean we talk about and and again this is with due respect to absolutely everybody and and with absolute humility we talk about human-centered design right and i I remember reading a a ppt somewhere and you know it said that our advertising campaigns are based on human-centered design and and i still remember thinking this is a few years ago when the term has really come into a force, and it's like before this were you designing for trees and being very unkind i know but I, I feel like sometimes we forget in jargon and in statistics and data that ultimately this is all about people so keeping people at the center of everything in that sense and therefore having the pulse on aspirations on, on fears ideas and everything that's going on around you becomes very important number two learning was being honest about the quality that you're delivering. A lot of times we'll deliver on something, and we'll be like, "Oh, this is the best I could have done." But to an end consumer, a phone where the keypad doesn't work, even though it might be the best that you have done, isn't good enough. So why have you even then delivered that product? So if you're not going to deliver a quality product, and in this case, a quality product could also be an idea or, a, or, a, or an execution campaign, right? But so then don't deliver that campaign. No one cares that you had you were under budget, or or no one cares that you didn't have a budget that was that was enough if this is the best you could do and it's not going to have an impact, better not to do it because it's not really changing anyone's life. Like this realization was that, hey, I, and I knew this at Red Bull as well and 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 at Twitter as well, but saying that nobody's waiting for your brand to say that, hey, what will Red Bull do tomorrow? Or I can't wait till Twitter comes up with the next thing. People move on with their lives. But having that realization that people will only start to care when you show them that you care and you show them that you care by delivering in a way that actually impacts their life. And and the third thing, which is allied to to my earlier point is never settle, never settle for just saying that, okay, this is like, I've done the best that I can and let's do this. But keep in mind that ultimately you you are responsible for your own legacy. like, if you settle, people will be like, okay, fine, this is settled. But then do you want to be associated with mediocrity or do you really want to be associated with doing something that was really, really high end? and and without making too fine a point of this right ultimately how people will remember you is up to you and a lot of times you will deliver things and saying that hey given the constraints this is the best that we can do and and that's fine and we should do that but i think you do that in a way that ultimately must represent you as well right because if you're going to put something out there you should be proud of that work and when you string a body of work together that's your legacy so so settling settling for something is okay, but if you make it a habit, it becomes, it, it can certainly create a problem.
1: Yeah. The crux of it is the, the work you do is a reflection of yourself. Yeah. And that is something a lot of us kind of miss out on because somewhere the money aspect kind of takes higher precedence and you're trying to just do things so that you're able to meet the minimum KRAs or the KPIs that you kind of have for yourself or somebody set them for you.
2: Mm-hmm. And you know, to that point, a lot of times, and I'm sure I'm guilty of it myself, but it's, it's also about questioning, like, why does this KRA matter? You, you want to touch X million people. Okay. So let's design an ad campaign that touches X million people. But why does it really matter? Right. Because starting, and, and I don't mean to sound like, like Simon Sinek, but, but starting with that why is all critical.
0: Dear listeners, we'd like to take a minute to put in a word from our partner and podcast host, Hubhopper. Hubhopper Studio is India's leading podcast creation platform. You can start podcasting with Hubhopper Studio and get your voice heard across platforms like Spotify, Ghana, Google Podcasts, Wink Music, and more. So click on the link in the episode description or visit www.hubhopperstudio.com.
1: And since you speak about Millions of people. There's a lot of great work that you're doing at omidyar Network India, and you're right now in the process of building this brand, which is in the social impact space. Yeah. What role does branding play for an organization which is into social impact?
2: You could say social impact, impact investor, but essentially what, what Umidyar Network India does is we invest in bold entrepreneurs who help create a meaningful life for every Indian. That's kind of our brand purpose and uh, our company purpose. And for us, Really, it's, it's about this idea of making equity investments as well as providing grants to equity investments in, in for-profits and, and, uh, uh, grants to non-profits. And, and the goal really is to serve what we call the next half billion, or the 500 odd million Indians who are going to come online for the first time by their mobile phones between 2017 and 2022. So the way we work is with, with entrepreneurs in private, uh, public and government spaces in in the sectors and and ultimately the definition of the entrepreneur is very wide so so the role to your question about what does what role does uh branding play one is this this expanding definition of of what of what the entrepreneur means to us so we are trying to create a meaningful life for everyone we're working with our entrepreneurs to help create a meaningful life for every indian what does that mean it means access to aspirational services It means access to employment and productivity. It means an opportunity to protect your own agency. And it means building strong and responsive institutions. Now, that's how we define it. But in order to be able to create this ecosystem, you need entrepreneurs to be able to build for those. So a large part of our effort is really towards reaching out to entrepreneurs who think like we right and, then, and and in a country of, of 1.3 billion people i don't think that's very hard right and the second level is is then working with us, with some of our partners whether it's co-investors whether it's people we're making grants with or people who work at a who work in policy and, and and are able to help drive policy change and then being able to also help create change at a sector level through all of these things. So if you have entrepreneurs, you have infrastructure and you have policy change, those things come together and you're able to create change at a sector level. So in all of these aspects, brand at Omedia Network India is playing a role because you're you're educating people about what we mean by entrepreneurship. Then you're working on policy and, and building evidence-based cases. You're creating change as far as, in, in thought as far as opinion is concerned. And then you're also working with or in terms of outreach to fellow funders and, and fellow VCs, etc., and And all of that comes together when you talk about the Network India. And, and you layer all of that with the fact that at the moment, the combination that we have of for-profit equity investments and, and, and non-profit grants, right? The two of them work hand in hand. We call that the dual checkbook approach. And when the dual checkbook approach works together and creates change, that also then gives us another story to tell people saying, Hey, it's possible, you know, philanthropic organizations don't just need to look at only for profit or only non profit or whatever, right? Like this, this change is possible through a combination of these two for profit and non profit. And, and being by able to do that, you're able to then create change at a sectoral level. So telling that story is also very, very important. But ultimately, for us, none of this is possible without those bold entrepreneurs, right? So being able to talk about the entrepreneur, the innovative business models, and of course, about the impact that those models have on the next half billion. That is really the the importance that that brand has, because it's a journey. And it's funny because you can apply a lot of the consumer marketing learnings into what people might traditionally have thought of as like a B2B space. Because ultimately, it's about education. Ultimately, it's about entertainment. It's about you know emotion. It's about all, you know creating an evocative uh, response. And the goal is really to create more such stories over the
1: years. In fact, you spoke about 500 million people or yeah. what you call next half a billion, very ambitious project, Rohan. What initiatives are you planning to actually achieve this? Well, actually, I mean, it's an ongoing process, really. there is The, the next half
2: billion is not a project, it's, it's a segment. The segment for us, rather, is that Ultimately, this next half billion is the bottom 60% of India's economic distribution. And the goal really is to be able to help create a more inclusive India. The journey is one of inclusion. The journey is one of helping these people realize the potential of the internet. Is about helping create what we call tech for good solutions, where people are able to Get access to aspirational services. Get uh, an opportunity for employment and productivity. It's about being able to to connect them with government and and help create strong and responsive institutions. Give them a sense of agency. But at the same time, as you help introduce them into the world of technology, I think it's equally important to ensure this concept of responsibility, like protection from the vulnerabilities of technology as well. So ensuring that. When it comes to things like privacy and when it comes to things like safety and security on the internet, all of those are also taken care of. The the journey, therefore, is one of ultimately what we call, you know, good tech. Uh, there's tech for good which is creating, helping them realize the potential of the internet, but also this responsible tech. So tech for good plus responsible tech will give us good tech. And which is what we talk about, like good tech, let's focus on that. And that's really the objective in that sense, right? Like the next half billion need to be able to tap into the power of the internet. And and why is that important? Because, hey, the internet was created for people like you and me, like the first 300 million. Like, for example, most of India consumes content on the non-English internet. Right, But majority of the content that exists and it's changing very quickly, thankfully, but majority of that of the content right now is in English, which is obviously a problem. So being able to correct those things, then let's say, for example, the ba- other barriers that exist, Take for example, cultural context. So the shopping cart, uh, uh, we all see this shopping cart symbol when we go on e-commerce sites. But if you've been to Hanbad, I can guarantee you there is no supermarket in Dhanabad that has a shopping cart. They will not understand. So how do you change their, their cultural context and and we live in big cities, but still we we know for a fact that in the next half billion segment, not all women have equal access to technology or mobile phones, even right. So how do you change that? For example, when you are able to use mobile phones and empower women, they will do better. Whether it's taking financial decisions or whether it's taking personal hygiene and and health decisions like pregnancy, etc., all of those will be impacted. You cannot do without creating a techn- creating infrastructure. So this goes back to the dual checkbook that I was talking about, creating sector infrastructure, right? You cannot do that, right? So we then work like uh, open digital ecosystems, creating India stack would be an example of that, right? So being able to create health stacks, for example, working with an and stuff like that. So that's the continuum in a sense, right? Of of, of the kind of work that we're doing. And, and then informing that with the correct data, like for example, we did something called the State of Aadhaar report in 2019. Obviously last year we couldn't do it door to door, but 170,000 households the largest Aadhaar survey in, in of its sort and and that data told us a lot. It told us that Aadhaar has done a lot of work for inclusion, but there's still work to be done for those who are most vulnerable. We would not have had that and then that's that hopefully will be able to help inform policy better. Right? Because otherwise you don't have necessary data. Being able to work across that continuum has been tremendously satisfying. For me as well. And if we have a minute, I just want to also touch upon a couple of other things that we're doing when I spoke about the consumer uh, marketing approach. What I mean by that is ultimately, and I've spoken about this a little bit, uh, but but ultimately, look, we talk about B2B, we talk about B2C, we talk about D2C. And and ultimately, the, the goal is that it doesn't matter what precedes and follows the two in between. But ultimately, both those sides are people. There are people who have motivations. There are people who have aspirations. There are people, people who have emotion and people who have feeling. And we have it too, presumably, right? As marketers. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and the goal, the goal is we can, we understand people. What you really need to get into is ultimately if I am, if I am sitting in a, I don't know, if I, if, if I'm doing B2B marketing, right? There's, there's somebody sitting in an organization. Why would she or he Want to listen to me? Forget designation. Forget the the brand that's there. But ultimately, what is it about? It's about this person wanting to either advance himself or secure herself a promotion. I, I know I'm being very blanket, but just you right? Or to to create a mark for herself in the organization. Whatever. Ultimately, if you can understand why people are doing what they do, and and almost at a psychological level we use this term psychographics but sometimes even that can be very misleading so understand psychologically what you can do to help change people's lives just understanding that simple fact will tell you a lot about what you need right and sure the, somewhere they'll fit into some demographic they'll fit into some psychographic model they will fit into some but, but ultimately just figure out what behavior you want to target Right. And ultimately, what is that fear, aspiration, hope? What is it that you want to tap into, right, specifically? And once you've done that, it doesn't matter whether it's a direct-to-consumer brand. You could be like a, a very high-end, high-tech SaaS product. But ultimately, that to me is, is is very, very critical. And that's what we're trying to do at Media Network India, right? Like, is to say that, hey, how can we talk to these people? If you're an entrepreneur that, like us, is trying to help create a meaningful life for every Indian, then we want to hear from you. Right. So, so it is incumbent on us to tell you about what we mean by helping create a meaningful, right? Earlier this year, we've launched our refreshed investment thesis and plug over here for, you can go and check it on the website. But also for the first time ever, we, we articulated our grant making thesis, right? Never done it before. Articulating what it means by, by grant making, right? And why we do the grant making and how we do it how we think about it. Now, ultimately, the goal is what to be able to tell entrepreneurs or co-funders or, or other collaborators saying that, hey, this is why we do what we do. As a spin out from those things, what we started doing was showcasing a lot of our entrepreneurs, putting them out there because people want to hear from them. Like if we're working with them and we we keep telling people, like, hey, please come work with us because look how great we are, as opposed to someone saying, this is my journey and this is why I do what I do as an entrepreneur. And by extension, and you're watching it on an Omedia Network India as a part of an OMedia Network India series, by extension you will associate one in India with those values that those entrepreneurs are espoused. And that ultimately goes back to what you do in consumer market. You're building mind share. You're building mind share, you're building conversation and you're and you're having a conversation that people want to hear as opposed to saying, Oh, now now with seventy percent more this or that, right? Like that that becomes important. And the flip side also to that is ultimately if you don't care about us then that's a great filter. That's not something that you want to do. It's a, it's a fantastic filter. It's like, oh, these guys are not talking valuation. They're not talking this. I don't want to hear them. Which is great, which is fine too, because everything has its space and to each his own. And the other thing that we also do at, at, at One India is matters that people may not specifically have the mind space for. For example, privacy. You don't hear about right to privacy as a, as a conversation amongst the, the janta, especially the next half billion, right? So what we did... In 2019, we partnered with Nilesh Mishra, who I think is, you know, a fantastic uh, storyteller amongst the best that India has uh, to offer. And we partnered with him with Big FM across 58 markets. And we created a 13 minute show called Zindagi Mobile, right? 10 episodes or ran over 10 weeks as an experiment. And what we did was. Through the next half billion, we, we ran stories in terms of, hey, here are the things that technology can do for your life. This is how you should be careful and how you can guard yourself against the, the vulnerabilities in the, that, that technology exposes you to. And at the, at the back of that, we also ran some consumer testing, right? To understand whether people are getting that message. And what we saw was that people actually are getting the message. So like, for example, one of the things it did was really slow down the pace of fake news of people sharing misinformation they still did when they still continued and, and they still shared some mm-hmm. of that information but it slowed it down considerably then 5 out of 10 five out of 10 of our, our our episodes were
1: actually able to help people's attitudes and behavior shift we tend to look at marketing from the lens of digital or social or b2b d2c all the words that you kind of mentioned even to have ab 2 b B2, to c and yeah. I, I don't think yeah. it stops yeah but yeah. understanding the consumer is the, the first thing that any marketer should do. Yeah, meeting the consumer where she or he is.
2: Because otherwise, you're just talking into a vacuum.
1: This next half a billion initiative, mm-hmm. Rohan, I'm guessing is going to prepare a huge chunk of our population moving forward. But from a marketer's lens, I know you don't like the word marketer, but no, let no, me no. try and with your permission, I'll use it again marketing has changed in the last 15 years i'm sure it's going to go through a big change every year or so what should a marketing professional be doing right now to still be relevant 15 years from now
2: that's a lot of pressure <laughs> <laughs> maybe i <laughs> know uh, but uh, but but look you I mean, great question for me ultimately it's about being really focused on who you're serving and that's people right at the end of the day so so just spending a lot of time understanding the world the zeitgeist what is the pulse because there are more campaigns that fail than succeed there are more campaigns we will forget than remember and the reason for that is because they're done with a bit of a hope and a prayer and that they will stick etc but they don't stick because people don't necessarily you know care for me the best marketeer is the one who understands people who understands where what people are thinking what they're saying how they are actually behaving i i don't read as many marketing you know books or whatever as i do about as i do papers in anthropology and sociology and not anthropology that makes me sound almost academic but sociology definitely so that's definitely number one that that will hold true whether it's 5 10 15 30 years and number two is I, for me is not over indexing on this whole thing of digital because digital has its place in domain, digital or content or whatever you want to call it. Right? Like for me, I've grown up creating content. Right? And if you told me that, Hey, content marketing is, is the future, I will still dispute it because I like, it's, it's not. It's everything together is the future. So if you're doing digital marketing and it's important to pull out and see the bigger picture, like saying I might be a Google AdWords specialist, but ultimately what is it delivering? Like if I cannot see, up the funnel and down the funnel, then then there's a problem. I'll give a far more far, far straightforward example. If you're a car company and you have a story that comes out on the front page of the biggest newspaper, in this case in our country would be uh, English daily would be Times of India, or or in Hindi it would be uh, you know Derek And if you're on the front page of either of those two papers, but you don't sell a single unit extra of an automobile, what's it worth? In my mind, nothing. So that clarity, hey, what I do is equally important. If I can make an ad more efficient, definitely important. But ultimately, how does it link with the largest business object? And I'm not saying that if you're two years into your job, that's what you need to be doing. But you owe it to yourself to start zooming out more and more as your career goes away.
1: To see the bigger picture.
2: To see the bigger picture. Because seeing that bigger picture is ultimately what the job of a marketeer is. Because people are seeing the bigger picture. Your consumer is seeing the, Your consumer is not seeing that your Google AdWords suddenly became the most efficient ad on, in its entire history he or she won't care. What they will care about is ultimately what the representation of the brand is at the, at the macro level.
1: We're actually now coming down to the final stretches of the interview. You've worked with some very iconic brands in your career. I'm sure you've seen a lot of brands as a third person as well. Could you name some interesting brand propositions that you have come across or you could have worked on them yourself and what caught your attention there?
2: Yeah, so I, one I do want to name that I worked on is, is Red Bull Campus Cricket, right? And it's I essentially an idea that three of us came up with in a conference room in Red Bull in Red Bull India's Bombay office, and now is I think in eight or nine countries. And I can I can actually name the people who have played there, right? Like NDD. Aidan Makram, K.L. Rahul, name that most listeners will be familiar with, Mahink Agarwal from Gen College. All of these guys have played this tournament. right? And, and in fact, Mayank Agarwal was, was rediscovered. K.L. Rahul was also rediscovered by Vijay Bharadwaj, who was the selector then for Karnataka, who happened to come for one of our games and saw him playing and then reselected him back in the Ranji Trophy uh, wow. squad right? okay. for, for Vijay Zari. And So that's something I'm immensely proud about because it goes back to the fundamental of the brand, saying that, hey, the brand stands for giving wings that giving a platform for people's dreams and campus cricket was right there in that zone right? being able to really deliver on that promise so red Bull campus cricket for me is something that, that's an incredibly thing and i think then it's not so much about campaigns really but it's also like for example under armor right is a brand that i really respect because what they did for stephen stephen Curry and basically going in when he wasn't really a marketable proposition nike wanted to cut money. Uh, from his contract, but they went and doubled the contract, for some such, some such mathematics, but went in and really showed him how much he was valued, and and brought him on board, and now obviously he's a legend, right? And this was before the Warriors had won anything. Being able to identify and stick with somebody like that—that's just incredibly important. And then again, Nike, for as much as everything else that they've done, but really what they did during the Black Lives Matter movement. Being able to stand by their athletes, by being able to stand behind Kaepernick, and just really show that ultimately, if you are about really this raw representation of human endeavor and, and the human spirit, which is what Just Do It stands for. Another brand that, you know, I also w- would put in a category that inspires me is one of our, uh, investees at Omid and Cook India, which is uh, Pratilipi, right? Like being able, what they have been, what they have done in terms of Pratilipi basically is a self-publishing platform. And that's how they started off where you could publish in you know, now 11 languages or 12 languages and now has gone on to doing podcasts, you know, has now gone on to doing comic books. So basically just really expanding, like you essentially say that we're going to provide people local language content. And then really going into the cultural and popular side, plans, right? And really identifying what the consumer wants as opposed to what we want to produce for them. And then being able to expand into those zones and really creating those pieces of content, et cetera.
1: The kind of work they're doing, especially in the regional and local language content that there's a huge scope there. We're seeing a big influx of startups which are doing some good work out there. Yeah. And like you said, majority of the people looking for content online don't actually speak English natively in India. Correct. There is a huge opportunity there. Yeah. There's so much you've shared in this podcast, Rohan. It's hard for me to actually recount all of them. But somebody who's listening to this episode, what is the one thing that you'd want them to remember? Ultimately, it's about caring deeply about what you do.
2: Because if you cannot be bothered to care about what you do, why the hell is somebody going to give you their time mind share or money and if you can't be bothered to care about your product or your brand or whatever, like why why will others do that so caring deeply about what you do i think is fundamental because it's really about Believing in what you do and, and caring deeply, because ultimately, otherwise, you're trying to hoodwink the public. And if you're trying to hoodwink the public, you will get caught sooner rather than later. Just respect people, like be respectful to people, be genuine uh, about what it is that you do. And ultimately, look at the end of the day, you just want to leave the world a better place. If you can put a smile on someone's face, by all means, you should do it. But I'm just saying that care about, it. care about it enough that you know you you will be able to transfer that that sense of passion to the person who's going to spend time or, or money. on?
1: Thanks a lot, Rohan. Extremely stoked after listening to you speak. it been quite an interesting conversation today. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Rohan. Pleasure, absolute pleasure.
2: Thanks so much, Vineet. And I'm really glad I, I didn't put you to sleep. So, so that's, a, that's a plus one for me. And I, I will take that. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me.
1: Been an absolute honor. Thanks so much, Rohan. Thank you
0: liked this episode of the rel talk show don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts if you think this podcast would help someone else do share your support will take us a long way in reaching more listeners you can also stay in touch by subscribing to email alerts on www.reltalk.show